2: Hello and welcome to the Vault Week podcast. I'm what Week editor Matthew Appleby and today I'm with Alistair Yeomans who's been with Plant Healthy since it started. Now Plant Healthy is the biosecurity standard for UK businesses. So hello Alistair, how are you doing?
3: I'm well thank you Matthew. Um, I hope you're well too and thank you very much for asking me to speak on the podcast today.
2: Well thanks for coming along. Now how would you describe a plant healthy? What is
3: it? Well, Plant Healthy is a certification scheme, but importantly, it's based on a, a standard, which is called the Plant Health Management Standard. And effectively, that's a proactive tool or a systems approach. So multiple measures to help businesses and organizations who move plants, manage plants, trade them to manage the uh, the threats from plant biosecurity or, or notifiable pests that um, we, we are becoming increasingly aware of as uh, a potential problem to the UK.
2: Great. So what, what's your day-to-day role there? What do you do? on a a day-to-day basis?
3: Well, the the governing body of the Plant Healthy Certification Scheme is the Plant Health Alliance. So a lot of my work has been working with the chair of the Plant Health Alliance, Sir Nicholas Bacon, and effectively trying to ensure that we have a, a broad church of organizations that agree and back the plant health management standard. And then effectively, rolling out the the scheme, as I say, which is based on the standard, to um, organisations and businesses that we um, believe are relevant and we hope that it will help and support their um, their trading uh, and, and plant handling activities.
2: Oh, great. Okay, so the, the Plant Health Alliance, that's got DEFRA, obviously, but um, a lot of membership and trade bodies, RHS, HGA, about 20 altogether. That's right, isn't it?
3: Yes, that's about right. Yeah. And as I say, we've tried to um, be as inclusive as possible. And we really do need that broad church of organizations because, you know, the uh, the threat from um, plants isn't just or or plant pests isn't just a, a horticulture issue. It's also farming and forestry. Uh, effectively anything to do with um, plant movements, also landscaping and our, our boar culture So we, we have that um, sort of breadth in terms of the organisational interest um, in the Alliance.
2: So how do you apply for Plant Healthy Certification? How does applications work?
3: Well, the, the first thing is to go to the, the website, uh, that's planthealthy.org.uk, and you can do a, a self-assessment. So it's a, it's a free-to-use self-assessment. It's approximately 30 questions. It's based specifically on the plant health management standard requirements. And that gives you a, a score of where your business or organization is at in terms of their plant biosecurity standards, as I say, based on the requirements of the plant health management Standard. And once you, there's plenty of guidance um, along the way as well. And once um, you feel that your organizational business is um, at 100% or, you know, really on top of um, the various requirements, and then you can make an application to uh, one of the uh, the certification bodies. Okay. Um,
2: Now, I see that on the, um, the pending list, there's a few nurseries and on the, um, the list of people who've got the requirement, there are over 40. So um, in terms of people who are pending, who might get into it, what's the sort of scope there? What's the potential?
3: Oh well, yes. Well, you know, as, as you can probably see, there's a, a lot of nurseries uh, on the certified list And it was really the nurseries, the growers that um, sort of kicked off this initiative in the first instance. But it became apparent quite quickly after that, that it wasn't just a grower issue. It was something, it was a, you know, plant health or plant biosecurity is an issue that extends right across the plant supply chain. So the word scope is exactly right. And the other scopes are the likes of retailers, landscapers and public gardens. And we, we have a number of public gardens interested in, the, in, in the becoming certified at the moment, as long as um, several retailers as well. So, and, and quite a number of growers too. So yes, we, we, we have a, a variety of organizations that uh, are looking to become certified. Do
2: you think there's many more growers in the UK which might still apply? Or do you think you've got most of them now?
3: I think there'll be quite a few more growers. And one of the things that we have to do as the, the Plant Health Alliance is ensure that it's um, adoptable as possible. And when I say adoptable, that's making sure that we provide the best information to enable people to understand uh, what is required to become certified and also there's a there's an affordability issue as well you know we we have to send assessors out to uh businesses to to do the annual audit, and there's a cost with that and one of the things we obviously want to try and do is look at ways as how you know how we can actually um minimize that cost be it through making the audits more uh efficient which tends to be what happens when uh, a new scheme is set up. You know, effectively, the auditors become much clearer on um, what they need to to do. And indeed, the the members have their systems in place. So uh, there's a potential for the audit to become more efficient or indeed setting up novel schemes, such as um, group schemes where a number of businesses can come together and they can have an internal auditor, that uh, then only requires the square root of that group to be audited by an external auditor. But these are all develop- developments are in place to, you know, try and make it as adoptable as possible.
2: Yeah, I was talking to a, a member the other day, a certified nursery, and they said, you know, that that they they think that unless everybody's involved in plant healthy, there's going to be gaps, and it only takes one nursery importing, say, a xylella-risk plants. Then, then the whole thing falls down. So how would how you get around that?
3: Yeah, it's, it's the issue. And I, I think there's no point sort of ducking the issue. At the end of the day, we're dealing with a, a, a wicked problem uh, or what some would call a wicked problem. It certainly has all the hallmarks of it, which is we can only really improve the situation rather than fully solve it. And the more people that get on board, the more the risk is minimized. And of course, one of the things that we're finding is that the people who are becoming plant healthy certified, all the businesses and organizations are becoming plant healthy certified, are asking similar of their suppliers. So there's this sort of um, mimetic spread. I don't want to use the word viral, but for obvious reasons, but there's this sort of mimetic spread of um, people being encouraged or nudged to join the scheme or at least stop their standards of plant biosecurity. So, you know, I think that can only be a good thing.
2: So it's the, it's the customers of the, of the nurseries that are driving it, do you
3: think? I think it's the the nurseries. I think it's the, I, I think it actually started with the nurseries who so will go back and ask um, some of their suppliers. So recently, well, at Four Oaks, I was actually tapped on the shoulder by a Growing media supplier, and they said, uh, "What have you been up to? We've uh, we've had plenty of nurseries uh, asking us uh, for our plant uh, for our biosecurity policy for our growing media." And I said, "Look, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I said it's just one of the you know one of the areas of threat that we've identified, particular particularly on the, the sort of things like Plasmodium and Phytophthora. Uh And they said, "Oh no, it's great. It's really sort of made us up our game, and um, you know that's really how good." standards and schemes should work it starts to uh it starts to seek out where the the risks are and then hopefully enable people to do something about it so that we can have that um breadth of assurance that covers the uh, the supply chain really from sort of the cradle in terms of the the production of plants and the constituent elements that are used all the way through to um, in the landscape What
2: do you think the biggest specific risks or threats are?
3: Yes, that's that's, that's a good question. I, I, I looked at it in various ways. Certainly, personally, the thing that turned uh, my head was ash dieback. I was working in forestry at the time, and then very quickly... Uh, saw the the issue with Xylella. I was actually doing some tree work in Mallorca and uh, read about it in the the, the, um, the bacterial pathogen in the Olive Oil Times and thought, wow, this is this is potentially devastating. And then obviously realized that if it wasn't just olive trees or indeed almond trees that have been very badly hit in Mallorca. It was um, you know a, a number of um, ornamental plants you know garden favorites such as rosemary and lavender and I think the the um, host list is over 600 plants now so I, I think xylella is a an issue but there's there's plenty of others and we know there's 1400 or over 1400 pests on the UK plant health risk register and what we've tried to do with the the plant health management standard is try and make that that a manageable exercise in terms of assessing the risk to a business or an organization by focusing in on what we have identified as the 39 most potentially harmful or impacting pests of the UK. Uh, and that's the 22 GB priority pests, that includes things like uh, Xylella and um, Rose Rosette virus. Plain wilt, OPM, so oak processionary moth, and then another 17 pests which have a mitigated risk rating of 60 and above, and those are pests that probably probably haven't had so much sort of press, but they still seem to be, and you know they've been they, they've been assessed uh, for risk as having a, a high risk level even after regulatory measures are in place, and those are pests like. Candidatus phytoplasma soleni that you know has lavender as one of its hosts, for example. And the two-line chestnut borer, which um, obviously can impact chestnut as its names would suggest, but also oak and there's oak lace bug in that. So you know there's 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 quite a a number of pests that perhaps don't we, we don't quite realize are as threatening as they are, but one thing I will say is that the UK Plant Health Risk Register is a really excellent resource, and if used properly, and we, we hope we've supplied some useful information or useful template to get people started on it to really understand what the threat is to a particular business or organisation. Do you think the will ever reach
2: the UK? I was talking to a Dutch grower the other day, and he was saying you know, there was a huge alarm about it a few years ago, but it's never reached the UK. So do you think it will ever happen? I just hope not.
3: I, I just hope we can do absolutely everything we can to prevent it from doing so. I think I think it was, was it in 2018 or 2019? It seemed to go from Portugal through to Holland and up to Denmark. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was an article in the, um, the Hort Week at the time about it. And so I, th- I think the I think the threat really is there. I think it's a very a very real threat because it is such a, a cryptic disease. You know, it's 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 so hard to identify. It can be asymptomatic, or it can and, and if it is symptomatic, those symptoms can take um, a few years to to emerge. So I, all I can say is I hope not. And I I believe that by putting some fairly straightforward Plant health or plant biosecurity measures in place that I don't think are just they won't just be benefit in terms of protecting you know one's own site, one's own business or organization and customers and the wider countryside. but I also think they will have inherently other quality benefits as well that I, I think we can we can do a good job of protecting ourselves. And you know, being vigilant is important, and you know, really making that part of the culture of being a, a gardener or a, a forester. And I, and I should say, I'm I'm a I'm not a plant health specialist or a plant biosecurity specialist. I'm first and foremost a, a gardener or a horticulturalist or woodsman or forester, however you, you want to call it. And I, I was once in my younger um, years a uh, an arborist as well. I I, I trained and Became certified in the states, and you know I think now any any horticulturalist or, or forest or any plants person, I, I believe, should have a strong grasp of plant biosecurity as a, a string to their bow to basically work with plants.
2: Now that's a good point. People often point out or say that they they are taking the, you know the most vigilant efforts, but some people they often cite internet sellers or direct-to-site importers who they say just don't care. So how do you include them in the standard?
3: Yeah, well, I th- I think you know we we're very lucky on the Plant Health Alliance. And not, perhaps not luck. Perhaps it's by design. And I think I think design is such a an important and often overlooked concept when you're setting up systems. But we. We obviously work closely with DEFA, as you've mentioned already, and the Forestry Commission and APHA and the third sector and the trade. And I think by working with the, those three sectors together, then hopefully we can start to to reach out and include some of these uh, other other traders that may be considered more marginal. And it, And it will take a combined effort and it will take – you know, a degree of empathy as well, because it's, it's very easy to point fingers. But ultimately, what we want to be doing is um, supporting people and and helping them see if, if they are doing something that is highly risky. Is to you know try and you know make a good case and, and work with them to reduce that risk. And I think I think that's really important.
2: No, oh, brilliant. And what what do you think the future is for Plant Healthy? What what's what's next for you?
3: yeah good question i I hope we can continue to just create a system that is effective at the end of the day you know schemes, assurance standards and you know sort of accredited accredited certification schemes I, I get it I understand it they 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 can be very useful mechanisms to um, you know, help businesses demonstrate compliance with a, a particular standard. But for me, the, the at the heart of the the initiative is the plant health management standard, that set of requirements. And that set of requirements, it absolutely has to be a useful set of tools that really are adoptable and applicable and do the job. And to ensure that we have the best measures in place. We really need to, to work closely with the the research community and basically link the research community with practitioners and have that knowledge exchange, not just knowledge transfer, so from researchers to practitioners, but also back the way as well. And that exchange process and, and managing that hopefully will really help us hone what is the best voluntary and regulatory plant biosecurity procedures that we can we can put in place that's great thanks for all that Alistair we've covered
2: a lot of ground there but in the whole Week podcast we always end up by asking one simple question and it is what's your favorite plant what plant would you take with you to a desert island <laughs>
3: I, I, I've heard, I've heard, um, I've listened to lots of the podcasts and I, I think they're brilliant. So thank you very much for, for inviting me to speak today. I, I think I'll have to say the same as most of the others. I have a, a, a favorite plant every day. Um, what I will say is the last plant that really made me stand back and, and marvel at it was a Magnolia cobus in Glenarn Garden, which is just around the corner from where I have recently moved to. And that, that was stunning. Um, but I think, I think I would probably take a, a functional plant. So I, I think one of uh, your ar- arborist guests um, suggested an apple tree. Uh, I think I'll go with an apple tree, perhaps a, a Worcester permain, which I have um, having a, a garden in Oxford. And uh, it's something that just gives me great joy in pruning it, watching it flower each year and, of course, enjoying the fruit. So, yeah, I'll go with an apple tree.
2: Great choice. I think that's what I'd choose too.
3: I was actually going to ask you what would you choose, but you've answered it for me. An apple tree. <laughs> well, it's
2: it's got to be apple tree because that's my my surname is Apple. So it's got to be. I mean, what else could what else could it be? So- it's got to be that's the uh, that's my only my, my only reasoning <laughs> but anyway thanks very much alistair that's the first time anyone's asked me a question on a whole week podcast so that's brilliant oh well and uh, thanks very much for appearing and um i'm matthew appleby the whole week editor and this is the whole week podcast so subscribe to or follow whole week podcast via apple Podcasts, spotify or google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform and once again thanks alistair and goodbye till next time